Ever before in history, did we have to fight with our own country for the security of our own country? The Kate Daly Show starts now. Do you think this is what he wants, the, the issue, Donald Trump? This is what he's doing. Oh, I, I, think, I think the border is a very important issue for uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and the fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is, uh, is really appalling. But the, but the reality is that, that uh, we have a crisis at the border. The American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, uh, you know, the problem solved as opposed to saying, hey, save that problem. Don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving it later. Uh, I have to comment on that comment because Romney, <laughs> I have no words for Romney. Romney evaded all my interviews He at the last minute. Um, I don't think highly of Romney, and that's an understatement. But welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I have quite the show for you today, and it's quite the Friday show, actually. You're going to love it. Um, and also, in that clip, Romney says Trump, only a candidate for president, has to solve the border problem. How does a candidate do that? Meanwhile, Romney is actually a senator right now, and the H.R. 2 bill that could pass Congress, they're saying it won't pass the Senate. He's one of the reasons that it wouldn't pass. (laughs) Trump is a person running for president, and he's supposed to solve it? And this hack, Romney, has actually done nothing? Romney has literally done nothing to solve the issue. (laughs) Nothing to help out. Nothing. Absolutely zero. Zilch. Oh, he makes me nauseous. Nauseous. So welcome to the show. And uh, I'm so excited you're here. In fact, um, we've got a lot to cover and I do have uh, two great guests. I do want to say that CNN reported that the border issue, okay, the border issue, um, this is what they said, is a bipartisan issue for 30 years. This is what they tell their audience. The border is the border. It is not political. It's either legal entry or it's illegal entry into the country. This is not a political thing. This is the border. Okay. And so when they're talking about the border and they're saying, look, um, the, the border is political. It is not. It's legal or it's not. So simple. Also, when it comes to the border, besides Romney blaming Trump for not doing anything because he's only a candidate, but that he's the one actually who hasn't done anything and he actually is a senator. Um, the next phrase that tr- that CNN used was Trump, the Republican Party's likely presidential nominee, again, wants the border to be his main election issue. He wants the border to be the issue. Or it is the issue because nothing has been done. Okay. And then this legal expert on Fox, okay, constitutional scholar, they call him, so called saying that the feds have the upper hand and that Texas has to cave. I don't know where they get these people, but they're all bought. So it's an outright lie, right? It's an outright lie. And I just wanted to tell you before we get going, um, Mike Lee had a comment about this and he said, there's no ruling against Texas to defy. There is an order against DHS, not Texas. SCOTUS vacated that order. Texas can't defy an order that doesn't exist and never existed in the first place. 
please read before you falsely accuse because Beto O'Rourke was saying that Abbott is using the Texas Guard to defy a Supreme Court ruling. Okay, so Mike Lee is saying there's no ruling against Texas to defy. There was an order against DHS, not Texas. SCOTUS vacated that order. I talked to Chris Ann Hall about that. And Chris Ann Hall was laughing. She goes, you know, I guess you could look for a loophole, but why not stick with the main issue? (laughs) states rights would be that main issue so it's very it's getting kind of convoluted out there my uh my guest is co-host uh investigator dave who has spent a number of years on the show and of course he is ex-lapd he was a detective he's a history major we talk about all kinds of things on the show welcome to the show investigator dave how are you well thank you kate glad to be here you bet now your take on the border real quick before we get into what we're going to get into oh real quick i agree Abbott did a really good end run here. Yeah. Um, you know, when the, the Supreme Court said that they, he can't do what he's doing, mm-hmm. he quoted, he says, he agreed with the Supreme Court. Yeah. And he says, well, I agree with that, but there's another part of the Constitution that says any state can repel invasion. Yes. And this is an invasion. And Amen. so I'm going to go on that part of the Constitution <laughs> to repel this invasion. Yeah. And it, sure. really, he's in. He's, yeah, he's on the right ground. I know. I know. Around that, I foresee that this thing is going to come down head to head, and it may result in, uh, yeah. in something more drastic. Yeah, it and could. It definitely could. And let me play you this uh, this clip. This was a guy who um, he's a, a an influencer. Let me play this clip for you. Here we go. It is coming in this country. I had a follower reach out to me today saying to pray for her because her and her husband were in a deep discussion about what they should do as he's being asked to join a riot force here in Texas expecting large riots in the near future. I have two family members who are part of a large police department in Texas who were also told that they were taking volunteers for the riot uh, police because they are planning on large-scale riots. Interesting. Interesting comment. You never know if these things come to pass and they haven't before, but we'll see. Um, But, you know, you just brought that up. So I had to play that comment. But it's interesting because McConnell is all about um, Ukraine. Everybody's about the Ukraine money um, and uh, not wanting any money to go to the border. And it is not a political issue. It is just the border. <laughs> Legal? Illegal. So simple. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how I, how it evolved into this, but of course, because it does, that means that they use it as a standstill. If they make it a political issue, then nothing can get done and they can just blame each other and say, well, that's political. That's why. Instead of just somebody out with out there going, but this is just, this is our border. I mean, that's not, that's just an American issue. Like, so it's been interesting to watch the games. Don't you agree? It's just been hard. Yeah. yeah. Difficult. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, it may turn to an Alamo type of uh, yeah. presentation here. Oh where Texas gosh. is going to hold out. Mm. And I'm glad they are. Somebody needs to hold out the feds and my my state my state of Utah actually um, decided to uh, agree with Texas and back Texas publicly. But what's interesting is is at the same time we became a sanctuary state, <laughs> and so a conservative state uh, becoming a sanctuary state and licking uh, Biden's boots. Uh, so it's been a kind of an interesting hypocrisy to watch. But um, but anything that gets the fanfare uh, going, you know. So that's been that, it'll be interesting to see how many more states come aboard the Texas train and are they really coming aboard the texas train because i feel like they're really not it's all in name only but whatever 
It's all, it is what it is. So the border is going to be there Monday, the border issue. We'll talk about it on Monday. I wanted to do a Friday show that kind of um, really sort of, this whole week has been about kind of delving into different issues, if you guys have noticed, and talking about things um, away a little bit from the headlines. And sometimes we just need a break. And I felt like people really needed a break right now, just from the crazy. And so um, we'll talk about board. the border will be there. Satanism will be there. <laughs> Disney will still be indoctrinating our kids on Monday. So we'll talk about all that on Monday. Um, but I want to talk with you, D- Dave, because I love your take on history. And we have a guest in the next hour talking about history, too. And I, we always learn something. So I always love your take. And I wanted to talk to you about technology that we've hidden, things that we are, you know, just not talking about that were invented or came along and totally, totally repressed. And, and so I know you've got some information on this. I can't wait to hear. Well, Kate, I want you to know that I am a sus- subscriber to quantum physics. Okay. Um, I've looked at the, it's, it's so confusing to the world, but it's making the world clearer and more, much more understandable to me. Mm-hmm. Basically, okay. um, everything is dependent on, it's on the mind. It really is. Sure. You know, Tesla talked about this, you know, Nikola Tesla, and he said that uh, if you really want to understand the key to the universe, if you want to understand it's based on energy, frequency, and vibration. And, and, and I thought, okay, let's just take an example. I want, I want the opening song, but, you know, mm-hmm. see, yeah. Joshua Pitt, the Battle of Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Jericho. Yeah. Jericho. Remember that? <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, great song. Yeah. But what you got here is I've had people say, the Bible can't be true. How can sounds... Mm-hmm vibrations take down the walls of Jericho. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Right. But no, not according to Tesla. It's not. And quite a few people. What happened? And, and, oh, this is, this is amazing. Once you start getting into this in a way, they went around the city. Mm -hmm. The Israelites went around the city, blowing their horns for Mm -hmm. seven days, six times a day, seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. And second, and then after the seventh trip, they all, they had to shut their mouths. They couldn't say a word on these trips. Total quiet, just the sounds, right, of the right. horns, right. ram's horns. And then after the seventh day, they all got together and shouted, yeah, what a rebel yell. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And the walls came down. Now, why would they put that in the Bible? Is that just kind of a fictitious, fun thing to do? No, you're right. You know? I've never thought about it. Why did they put that in there? Yeah, yeah. of course. Why yeah. would they even try that? Because frequency, vibration equals energy. Mm. And it really does. Plus, they had this Ark of the Covenant with them. Hmm. And that's a dangerous electromagnetic thing there. Kills people, it touches it. My gosh, the Philippines got it, and it destroyed towns. Everybody wanted to get away from it. Mm. And some people think that this is why the um, Egyptians chased the Israelites so desperately, because the Israelites, when they escaped from Israel, they took it with them. And the Egyptians used it to build pyramids and to raise stones and to do anti-gravity and everything else. 
And if you look at the pyramids around the world, it's really amazing, you know, how much energy was used. Yeah. But they all talk about this frequency and vibration. These are things that we don't use today, but you stop to think about it. You know, 25 to 100 tons of block, and they got about two, three million blocks to build the pyramids. Right, right. There's no way. I think we do use it, though, don't you? I mean, I think they they use it in different ways. I think music has changed, and and, uh, we have all kinds of, of, of frequency issues going on, right? I mean, could be at the, yeah. at the heart of a lot of stuff <laughs> that we don't ever really talk about. So, yeah, still ongoing for sure. And it, it's true. They're and they're experimenting this with the CERN mm-hmm. and everything else. You know, yeah. this is <clears throat> we go through life and everything is solid and uh-huh. natural and what they call realistic. And and these guys kind of bug me in a way. Oh, they say that uh, I'm going to hold know, you on that. I'm going to hold you on that thought. Let's come right back on the after the break. I want you to expand on that. Be right back with Investigator Dave on a Friday show. Be right back. Kate Daly show. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. So happy to have you listening in on a Friday, no less. And you know what? Uh, everything will be there Monday. We'll talk about it on Monday, and I'll give you kind of some of the some of the thoughts I've been having on the border. Um, Maybe people won't want to hear. I don't know what I think, but I'll tell you. You know I will. Um, so um, we have, uh, I have Dave, uh, Investigator Dave Doddridge on with me, and he always has this kind of, I love how you look back into history. I always think it's so fun. And I wanted to get people's minds kind of off the po- political world today a little bit and just kind of invest ourselves in some learning about some um, some things in history. And we're talking about technology. So you were talking about uh, frequency and how they've, Tesla, Tesla talked about this a lot. He had a lot about this. And we just uh, found ourselves, I, I remember it was Trump's actual uncle, great uncle, that went in, evaluated his stuff, and then basically said nothing to see here, which is kind of crazy, right? So, so, um, you know, just nothing to see. Tesla didn't come up with a darn thing. So that was kind of fascinating, didn't you think? Why did the FBI steal all of his records when he died? Went through his room, exactly. confiscated everything. Exactly. So mm. lots of important Yeah, lots of important things, ideas they couldn't come up with themselves, so they had to steal them. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, take it from here. He, yeah, he was up against the money managers mm-hmm. who wanted to make a lot of money off of, you know, electricity. Yeah. yeah. Edison and company. Yeah. And they had a lot of power and influence. Rockefeller so guys. Then. Edison was a Rockefeller mm-hmm. guy and Tesla wasn't. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, we're everything around us, you know, looks pretty solid, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you stub your toe and it hurts, you right, know, you right. hit something solid, and uh, it's all solid. But everything is made of matter, and matter is made of particles, and particles break them all down is made of light. Mm. Everything, all light. Particles, And then you go into quantum physics, and if you go into quantum physics, you can make that light into a wave or a particle just by looking at it. Hmm. It's, it's crazy. It's right. a particle, but if you want, it's a wave just by looking at it or thinking about it. Mm-hmm. you got to, I, I recommend everybody uh, look into quantum physics, at least the basics of it. Right. Because everything... It's you got your idealists and you got your realists mm. in this world, and sure. we're raised to believe in realism. Right. Everything, everything is exactly the way it looks and sees. I won't believe it until I can see it or smell it or hear it. You know. Right. It's my physical senses. Otherwise, but you got your idealists mm-hmm. that say no. Everything is is it in your head or is mm-hmm. it outside of your head? Right. 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 So a lot of this has been, a lot of this has been really repressed. So it's been repressed and why? Because they're utilizing it to affect us. Is that why (laughs) they don't want us to know? Is this why they, they kind of keep it into like, you're a woo woo person. If you even talk about it. Yeah, because you can change too much. Yeah. And I could go into this a, a little bit, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, if you will, we already went into Jericho. Mm-hmm. I'll go into the Tower of Babel. Okay. Okay. They're building this huge tower up to the sky. And they're saying, according to the book of, you know, jo- uh, jo- yeah, Joshua here, that what they want to do is they want to get up there and be like God. They want to get up so high. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, if you look at it, it says the Bible, God says, well, wait a minute. If they get up here, they're all speaking the same language. Mm-hmm. And they all doing the same thing. If right. they all say this in the same language, ooh, they'll be just a, they'll be just, just like us. Mm-hmm. So we've got to break up their language, right? Right. right. Well, what is this thing about language? Well, that's frequency. Now you're going to think I'm crazy, but mm-hmm. that frequency of language is very important mm-hmm. because it makes things. In the beginning was the word, mm-hmm. and the word was with God, and the word was God. So just by speaking, God said, let there be light, let there mm-hmm. be this, let there be sure. this. The word emanates frequency, and that causes creation. Hmm. Anyway. I never really thought about is, that. You're right. I've never thought about that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Just think, things I'm throwing around in my head, you know, mm-hmm. but it all makes sense when you throw quantum physics in there. Interesting. Can an, can an axe head float, like the Old Testament says? Mm-hmm. Elisha threw an axe head on the water and it floated. And that's poss- not possible. It's heavier than water. It should right. sink. Right. But it didn't. Hmm. If you don't look at it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to come. We're going to come right back more with uh, Investigator Dave when we return. 
And uh, he's got so much more to cover, too. Things that have been yeah, kind of hidden. We'll be right back. Kate Daly Show. More with Investigator Dave when I return. KateDalyRadio.com. If Americans want to remain a free and sovereign nation, more people need to understand the principles and values that built America. At the John Birch Society, we have the organization, the plan, and the resources to do just that. Our founder, Robert Welch, said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to jbs.org to learn more, including how you can get involved to work locally and impact nationally. Join us at jbs.org. is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Visit my wonderful sponsors. Make sure and text to Birch Gold, 989898. Text my name, Kate. Get that free information. It's changing all the time. That's why I'm saying, like, please get the information. Then you'll know what to do in as far as backing up your IRAs, your money that you've got out there, just backing it with gold. And you'll be surprised when you realize that it doesn't cost anything to do that. <laughs> it's just taking the stuff. So uh, text 989898 and text Birch Gold. Okay. And that's the place I buy gold and silver because it's, they're amazing. They're amazing. And um, you get exactly what you buy and it comes very fast and it is, they're just solid. So there's a reason Ron Paul talks about them all the time and loves them and does business with them. Same with Steve Bannon. Um, I'm telling you, they are worth it. They are worth going to because of their reputation. Birch Gold. So text 989898 and text my name, Kate. All right. Investigator Dave. Back here with you. Okay. Okay. Where do you um, want to go next? Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about mm-hmm. that I'd like to maybe we could talk about. Sure. You know, back in 1971, I was going to school up there in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, they had to, Utah's got this 24th of July parade mm-hmm. that they have, you know, kind of a celebration. It's a state holiday. Coming in a yeah, a state, state holiday. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the parade, I saw this Chevy Corbair. <laughs> and uh, it was rear engine and it was, but it was running on hydrogen, hmm. and it was a little bit loud. But uh, boom, 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 boom. And, and but it was, and there was a pickup truck too, uh, and they were both run by this guy named Roger Billings. Hmm. And Roger Billings, um, he's now called Doctor Hydrogen, you know, because he's been pushing this hydrogen car all along. And what it is is you take. To him, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, take, you take water and separate the hydrogen from the oxygen, mm-hmm. and then the exhaust only emits oxygen, and it burns the hydrogen. And people go, is that possible? That can't even be possible. But when I was down there in southern Utah, mm-hmm. I had a, a friend named Jeremy. And uh, he had friends that liked to invest in things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this guy came up to me and he says, I got this car and we developed it similar. And uh, it's a Chevy. It was a Camaro. Hmm. You know, he drove up to my house and he says, can you call your friend Jeremy and see if he's got some people who want to invest in this? We start producing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so I called Jeremy. He says, are you sure this thing works? And, uh, you know, and I said, OK, let me check. So I went around to the exhaust. I had them started up. We drove it around the block. 
and and then it went down to the exhaust, and I put my nose in the exhaust. Okay. And, and breathed it in for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Breathed the exhaust. It was sweet. It was oxygen. <laughs> I, this is real. So yeah. this is not a guesswork. Okay. I was there. And, and so I told him, he says, okay, so he gave me some names for people to call. I don't know if it ever went that way. But <clears throat> way back in uh, 94, 95, I was traveling through Independence, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And in Independence, Missouri, a friend of mine said, go down and see Roger Billings. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son was staying with him for a couple of days. So and, and it's a cave underground. They got these huge limestone caves, big, huge things. They must be 20, 40 feet high. Wonderful. And I went in there, and uh, he had his, that's where he had his offices. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, he's um, he's a big religious guy. Mm-hmm. Claimed to, I guess he claims to be a prophet and, mm-hmm. and a polygamist. Mm-hmm. And um, some good-looking mm-hmm. women. Um, anyway... <laughs> Went down in there, and mm-hmm. he showed me the cars and how he was working on them and mm-hmm. the diagrams and everything else, trying to get these cars produced. Right. And he's a very popular guy all around. Mm-hmm. But now, um, different, you know, Toyota has decided to build these things, mm-hmm. and they're saying, no, we're going this way. Now, we're not going with uh, EVs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go with, with this. And now Chevrolet is starting to make them. And other people, and I expect this to be the future. Interesting. But it's going to have to go up against the oil people. Mm. And the oil people want that to be the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> EVs are on their way out. Nobody likes those anymore. Right, right. Well, there were a lot of inventions in our past that we suppressed. There were cars that people were coming up with in Japan uh, far before we were, were doing things here. Um, so the technology's been out for a, for a long time, but it was suppressed. Yeah. And, and that's the trouble with inventing anything and getting it marketed. Mm-hmm. Because immediately the people that are manufacturing whatever it is, you know, widgets, mm-hmm. yeah. they don't want somebody to come along with a better widget because they will lose unless they can own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want another widget on the market. Sure. And so this is, it's, it, we we tend to think that they're, and I guess you could call them their anti-progress mm-hmm. or, or whatever else right. it is. But um, it's, it's just the way it works. And so, so if we can get a breakthrough, mm-hmm. that's great. So, in, so back, we'll in, back in 49, right, the Japanese had a company called Tama, and they had developed an uh-huh. electric truck but what was weird was through so up until the last say 20 years 15 years when people would would develop these kinds of things you would see people murdered you would see people taken out because of these inventions and so why did they want to keep it so suppressed because solely the the profiteering factor so they could get their digs on it so they could control it what oh of course yeah Money, money, money is extremely yeah. powerful. Right, because um, we could have had this a long time you ago. Know, if you know, you buy them out, you mm-hmm. humiliate them. Right. If you can't get rid of them, you end them. Mm. But that's just the way it works. It, yeah. it's throughout history, it's just the way it goes. And I, uh, one of the things I want to talk about, especially in politics and banks and stuff, 
they're really quick to end people's lives, but yeah. then it'll have to be like another sure. program. Sure. But um, because they have really assassinated a lot of people. Right. So you, you have to. It's very, very. Uh, I have a. F- you know, I have a. Few- I have a feeling that they're wanting the electric cars really badly for control, but they also don't want them to work, and they know that they won't. They know that we'll be in a pickle if forced to use them, if we're if 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 uh, if regular cars are banned, right? If that comes uh-huh. uh, because they they know it's going to fail. They don't want us driving. I feel like. Yeah, I think and it kind of worries me too, is because they're getting all these. The ability to control your car, mm-hmm. uh, to hack yeah. your your hack your car, and they're putting all right. the instrumentation in the mm-hmm. vehicle mm-hmm. so that anywhere they want, they can shut you down. Mm-hmm. They can run you into a tree, and they've done they that. They can do what they want, to people. which they have done also. Mm-hmm. So I agree. It, it's, it's crazy, yeah. but the, the whole thing is they want you and they want your money. Right, that's a whole different thing. That so, is so true. Anyway, I'd love to go back to St. Louis and get under those caves again. It's just amazing. Yeah? What's going on in Tell there. us about the caves. Yeah. You just drive it. I know it's called Mountain, uh, what is it? Energy Mountain, Hydraulic Mountain. But uh-huh. it, you drive there, and you're just driving down the road. And next thing you know, you kind of go down in this valley. Uh-huh. And then you go up to this big doorway. I mean, cave. It's like 40 by 40. Wow. And uh, steel doors and a big hmm. sign there, and you have to buzz somebody, and they come and check you out and let you in there. <laughs> and you can drive in there. Oh, you, you know, you talk about the caves over there in Lebanon and mm-hmm. Hamas and They're all everywhere. that. This is huge. And it's all over underneath the city of Independence, mm-hmm. St. Louis. Missouri's got these things everywhere. Right. These huge limestone caves. And a lot of them produce are filled with guess what hydrogen. Interesting. <laughs> so, hmm. In fact, I read one study that said there's enough hydrogen under there, to like, like mm-hmm. just like an oil, you know, mm. produce barrels and barrels of this stuff. Interesting. I can't tell you how much. Right. We're gonna come right back more with Investigator Dave when we come back. Hey, Dally Show, your Friday show. Hey, DallyRadio.com. Oh, honey, it's great protein. Don't be picky. Eat your crickets. Many are following the lead of the United Nations to replace your meat diet with an insect diet. It's an all-out war on meat, farmers and ranchers. Don't let new green policies place controls on your life and overall freedoms. It's time to get us out of the UN. Go to JBS.org or call 800-JBS-USA-1. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. So happy to be with you Um, on a Friday, no less, and taking your mind a little bit off of politics because I think we deserve a break today. (laughs) 
Um, I think we deserve a break a lot, actually. And I think, to, you know, sometimes, I mean, it can get a little much, can it? And I know the border's heating up. It'll be there on Monday and uh, the same problems. And we'll talk about them on, more on Monday. I'll give you some theories I have, too, some additional theories that I didn't talk about earlier. Um, but I just think it's, you know, it's always important to kind of have some variety in, in the news that we ingest. And sometimes good ideas are just as powerful and thought-provoking ideas and things that that like history i i i love this kind of stuff so investigator davon is 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 on with me and uh and so let's talk about some positive things investigator dave okay yeah yeah okay you know what it is it, it, very important because negative things attract our attention Mm-hmm. They make us furious or they make us worried or whatever it is. And we want to read about them because we want a preparation. And they're all based on fear. Mm. And and it's it's important. You know, you don't fear things, but you watch out for things. Sure. You're concerned about it. But positive things we take for granted. And that is kind of crazy because there's so many. Po- I believe in there's a, a balance in all things, mm-hmm. opposition in all things, if you want to call it that. And to whatever's negative, there's positives. But we don't, how many times do you want to pick up the front paper and say, you know, mother uh, finds new job. <laughs> right. or, you know, it's, right. it's not there. Mm-hmm. But just little things. And for example, okay, we on the road that I'm on had some potholes, okay. right? And then the city came and fixed the potholes. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. That means. That means that somebody had to come out and find those potholes. Somebody had to get up in the middle of the night or early mm-hmm. in the morning in the cold, get in this truck, go out and get the stuff to fill it with, come out, bulldoze it over and work on it mm-hmm. and fix those potholes. And don't forget those about the person. Pot- don't forget about the person that had to make those calls and wench about it because their car got misaligned. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't leave them out. But those are- those right. are all positive actions yeah, yeah. so that I can ride the road better. Right, right. Something to help me. Right, right. But you know what? I just drive over them. <laughs> and yet I don't even think about the yeah. positives. This is good. This right. is a positive, not right. a negative. Sure. But not only that, but it happens every mother that cooks a dinner, mm. everybody that opens a new business, everything that just, there's millions and billions of things going on in the world that are positive. But we just take it for granted. We do, you know. You're right. no, you're and, right. uh, and to me, there's got to be an equal balance, positive and negative. And sometimes we harp too much on the negative, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. To me, I've just tried to try to make it a balance because it. It, it makes can get me to feel you. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I realize, <laughs> you know, sometimes I realize how many people are like a utility bill away from losing it or they can't uh, afford something small um, like a supplement that helps them and they are on the verge of losing it or those kinds of situations. And we can be of such great help to each other. And I think the more we we bond and, and band together creates that bonding with each other. The more we help each other out in little ways and, and do the little things uh-huh. too, the little things really matter. Cause sometimes it's just that one thing that can give somebody like a, like a relief at the moment that is monumental in their life. And so wherever we can help somebody or each other, we, ha- we need to start creating more bonds with each other to stand together. Exactly. Mm. And so, on a positive level, Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even realize what you're doing 
the significance of what you're doing. Mm. You know, whether yeah. you're so lending true. a listening ear, mm-hmm. whether you're lending a few bucks, whether you're spending right. some time, whether you're cheering on a teammate, or whatever it is, you, you, to you it's, it just comes and goes. But to their ears or to their mind or their heart, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Yeah, it sure does. And where we hear about those opposite stories, like on the border, if I went into any restaurant in Texas and I stood up and I said something about the border and I said what the problem was, I would imagine that 90% of that restaurant would clap, (laughs) right? So the majority of the nation, I think we're, we're seeing things We're we're on this. A lot of us are on the same page. We get it. It's what to do about it. But there's, I don't ever want to miss the victories. And there are a lot of victories. We do have them. Oh yes. So all kinds of all kinds of victories, mm-hmm. and so yeah, we got to think about those. And I know it's nobody. People are bored when mostly talk about them because <laughs> they so want to hear about you know the yeah. battles and, the, mm-hmm. and things going on. But uh, just remember that they're there and be grateful. Gratitude is such an important part of life. Yeah, and so. We look around, it, and I just look at the sky, and I'm in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and it's cold. But, you know, I'll take a walk down the road with my coat on and all mm-hmm. that, and I'll breathe in that nice, cool air, cold air, yeah. and breathe it out. Then if it's freezing, that's different. Mm-hmm. But if it's cold, that's wonderful. And it just, I can feel it in my lungs. It's just great. Mm-hmm. It's a good feeling. Yeah. There's so many great things. Yes, I I learned to appreciate. And we're not at that place that we are the the Roman slave to that degree. I mean, we can speak out. We have social media at our fingertips. We can use for for good things. We have um, the ability to reach a lot of people, educate. There's so many things that we have in our favor. And I, I just, you know... We, it needs to be a really good, healthy balance because the fear porn they give us are lies. The actual fear porn of the country is real, and that is, and it's not fear porn, it's just fear of, of what the government does to the people. But the people are always bigger than the government. The people are always more. We're all, we can do more. So we have to always keep in mind that who really has the upper hand here? Well, the people do. If we can just get people educated enough, <laughs> the people do. Yes. So. And if you understand that, it will cause you to stand on your bed and raise your fist and say, I'll fight for the right, rather than crawl under the bed and curl up. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. It's, it's an attitude. It is. And to maintain a healthy attitude, you have to look at the good, too. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that the people, like you said, the people are the supreme. Mm-hmm. And in yep. an idealistic world, believe it or not, the world will mold itself. The universe will mold itself to your positive mm-hmm. uh, outlook. And God provides That's miracles. True. So he, yes, he, does. he does. He does miracles. He we does. just have to have a lot more faith than we do net right now and realize that we do have the upper hand. We have God and we have people. We have the masses. And, uh, and if those masses can understand, you know, and get back to the Constitution and get back to what this country was meant to be, then we find our liberty again. So... I thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining me. I'm so glad that you joined me. And um, I know you'll be back soon because we'll be doing another. um, We're going to do some more history and and stuff that we've, um, you know, suppressed in history. Um, So I really appreciate you, Investigator Dave. He's been with the show from the beginning. I really appreciate you. Thank you. 
It's been fun talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. You betcha. And of course, I'll be right back. I have a guest, Courtney, coming on. And uh, boy, it's going to be a fun hour in the next hour, too. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever heard someone say, the system's broken? Sure you have. Well, it's not true. America's founders created a brilliant governing system that prevents us from having kings, queens, dictators, and even czars. We the people can replace every elected official in a span of six years if we so choose. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The reason we have a ballooning, reckless, and corrupt government is because elected officials aren't following the Constitution. The John Birch Society is principled, coordinated, effective activism. We believe the Constitution is the solution. Join JBS and change America. Visit JBS.org or call 1-800-JBS-USA1 to get involved. That's jbs.org. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. In our defense, they did leave us unsupervised. The show starts now. Have you ever heard of some fellows who first came over to this country? You know what they found? They found a howling wilderness with summers too hot and winters freezing. Did they have insurance for their old age, for their crops, for their homes? They did not. They looked at the land and the forests and the rivers. They looked at their wives, their kids, and their houses. And then they looked up at the sky and they said, thanks God, we'll take it from here. They were rugged fellows. They were men. Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly Show. So happy to be with you. Last hour on a Friday. It's a Friday show for sure. A little variety. And uh, look, the border will be there on Monday. We'll talk more about the border on Monday, of course. And uh, I've got great guests next week. And um, it'll it'll keep for the weekend. I just, sometimes I need a break from the politics slog. So, um, so today we're kind of focusing on a little bit of history. And I've got a great guest, Courtney McInvale. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Courtney is an aficionado on um, all things uh, Civil War ghosts of Georgia. She has written two volumes on that and also Civil War ghosts of Connecticut, Revolutionary War ghosts of Connecticut, all kinds of haunted history, war history, all kinds of different things. And, 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 you know, what it was like back then what what did they feel what were they doing what was going on at the time how did they feel about different things and topics and and moments that stand out and i'm actually excited to kind of hear from you because i i'm a history buff i love history and i feel like we don't we don't go there enough we don't try to understand it enough and i think with proper context you could really understand what's going on in this country right now and so i love that you're all about this and i i know people are going to wonder okay what what drove you into this topic? Because you're a young gal and I, I mean, most people aren't into this kind of genre. So, so what, what drove you to it? 
Sure. So, I mean, I personally think history speaks to everybody and mm-hmm. everyone should be interested in it. Sure. Uh, and it has everything to offer us, all the human stories. But I grew up in a house that was extremely haunted. Wow. And so we had a lot of activity growing up. And when I was about 15 years old, some famed ghost hunters, Ed and Lorraine Warren, were called to the house. Mm-hmm. So I always had sort of a you know, Mm -hmm. curiosity for the paranormal. Uh, But I was also raised by a history major and a teacher. So my dad was a history major. My mom was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was filled with books every night. And my dad made sure I was filled with books on war history. And uh, so when I got older, there Mm -hmm. there it is. (laughs) I love that. I think it's great, though. I really do. I knew people were probably going to ask, okay, why, you know? And uh, (laughs) and so were you I'm sure you were fascinated as you got into these stories, because there's lots of tours all kinds of things that actually go into a lot of these stories, these places that are that are seriously haunted. So I want you to start there right. because I think it's kind of it's kind of fascinating with it with the people that are haunting them. So what was what oh, was yeah. 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 So I mean researching these things is really sort of fantastic mm-hmm. and we have this opportunity to read so many newspapers online of what people were writing at the time and they would write their ghost stories or their near death experiences wow. especially during, you know, the Civil War. They would write about how they would almost die or things they saw. And so it's really sort of spectacular to read these accounts Mm. and going through them whether I'm researching a book or a tour I'm looking for those firsthand accounts more than anything Mm -hmm. why people are you know believing in spiritualism why they believe in the afterlife and some of the stories are just so profound I think they put modern day ghost stories to shame you know (laughs) they do I bet they do give us one Sure. So I think one of the biggest Civil War ones I got when I was researching Georgia was about a young boy who was 18 years old who went off to fight. And it was in the middle of the war. He was too young at the beginning of the war. And he was fighting close to home, close to his hometown in Georgia. And he sadly died in the battle. And his father was so distraught, as was his mother. And he wanted to go bring his body back home, which, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them expected they might die, but they didn't want to be left there. And so he he talked to one of the other soldiers that had fought with him. They go out there. They look for where they thought they had put his body on the field. Mm-hmm. They can't find it. And so the father's disheartened. He goes home and tells the mother he'll look another day. And then he wakes up in the middle of the night because he feels a temperature change in the room. And he looks next to him and he sees the figure of his son who looks battle-hardened and dirty and mm-hmm. his clothes are tattered. And he says, Father, the Yankees put me in a different mound and I'm under a pokeberry bush. And he, you know, made note of it, but thought this could be his mind playing tricks on him. He just mourned his son, you know, and just looked for him. Mm -hmm. But the next day he gathered his son's friend, went back out to the field, saw the mound as his son described to him in his room the night before, saw the pokeberry bush, exhumed the remains. And sadly, he couldn't really tell. They had, you know, started to decompose. But then he looked at the shoes that the remains were wearing. And those were the shoes he gave his son the day before he marched off so you know just chilling tales like that of the afterlife being real Mm -hmm. and bringing closure at the same time I would imagine the that whole east coast that whole area is and 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 the south is just rot with these kinds of stories I mean when when are you getting are you getting stories from people reaching out to you all the time 
I think people always have experience of where they see things and feel things, mm-hmm. and they write to me to know why. Mm-hmm. Who is it and why? Why is it at this spot? Why mm-hmm. is it at this time? Right. Why is it at this part of the battlefield? Things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other things, too, that are a little bit harder to discern. Like, there's a story called The Roll Call of the Dead that is one of the scariest stories I've ever heard. What is and that? Tell. It's, it's about a cemetery in Atlanta, Georgia, called Oakland Cemetery. And there is a plot uh, that appears to be vacant, but it's not. It's thousands of unknown Confederate soldiers. Their names aren't known. They died in the Atlanta campaign, a lot of them. And there used to be this monument there that sort of marked... Uh, where they were buried, and it was a lion. It's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. But the lion, you know, sometimes people would say they would see its mouth move late at night. Mm -hmm. And people would be calling the police into there because they would see the lion's mouth move, and then they would hear a man calling out names, and they would hear responses saying that they were present. Well, one young boy and his father decided that they wanted to sort of check out this haunted cemetery, Mm -hmm. and it's a big cemetery. There's a lot of places to check out, and the father and son went in different directions and the son William went to the lion and the unknown graves Mm -hmm. and he saw the lion's mouth move he heard the names being called and then he heard his own name come booming from the vacant part of the cemetery they called his name William Bender William Bender over and over as if he was being called in the roll call of the dead and I found out that police officers even quit their jobs in Atlanta Mm -hmm. when they had to come to the cemetery for the roll call of the dead because they couldn't explain it Okay. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> but you know, I mean, who's to question? I mean, if people are having these accounts, it's not like you could go make that up. I mean, I don't know how or why they would. I mean, it, right. And, of and some of these stories, you know, for the Civil War specifically, they start being documented during the war or Ooh. immediately after. So it's not like, oh, somebody made it up and put it on the internet on Reddit 10 years ago. You know, like <laughs> these folks sure. are reporting these happenings early on. And they were writing about them. They were very, how, what, was, what was their feeling about them? I mean, was it just kind of like, we accept this or, or was it crazy town? <laughs> They expect they accepted death in a way I think we fear death a lot more mm-hmm, today. They mm-hmm. almost accepted it. They knew it was inevitable. They knew their lifespans were shorter. They knew that they were in a time of disease and war and trial. So it was less of a fear about that Mm -hmm. death happening as about being remembered so they focused on connecting with the dead ensuring that their spirits were spoken to and that's why you see big rural landscape cemeteries they were built Mm -hmm. as parks so that you could go talk to your deceased loved ones so they you know it was a part of their death was a part of life and it wasn't something to be feared Mm -hmm. only being forgotten was something to be feared are there certain like hotbeds of activity like certain places that you get a lot more reporting on than others or when they wrote about these things during the civil war when they were recording these things are there certain hotbeds Sure. So um, Gettysburg, of course, is a known hotbed of activity, and Mm -hmm. that makes all the sense in the world. And that's because over 50,000 casualties took place there in three days. Um, It's, you know, an immeasurable amount of loss. So that being said, there's been stories that have been reported there since Mm -hmm. the battle itself. Uh, There were soldiers on the Union side who reported seeing the ghost of George Washington leading them to the proper spot so that Mm -hmm. they could be victorious. There were Confederate soldiers that reported that they saw Stonewall Jackson at Pickett 
Patriots charge as if he was in a Union uniform trying to warn them where the Union was. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the Battle of Gettysburg, uh, there were stories from local farmers about these pits where 900 men were sort of shot down in a matter of minutes from a North Carolina brigade. And in the days following the battle, the farmers said they could see the specters of the soldiers standing up in formation and getting shot down again. Uh, wow. So this happened immediately in 1863 being reported. Oh, my gosh. What about the Revolutionary War? Because you did a book on Revolutionary War Ghosts of Connecticut. Yes. So they are a little more Puritan in their mindset uh, Uh versus the Victorian era. And that changes their view on the afterlife a bit. Mm -hmm. So because they're a little bit more religious in their mindset and they're coming off of this concept of predestination, Mm -hmm. they're not as open to the afterlife. So even though there are revolutionary war ghosts that I've encountered, Mm -hmm. it was more that it was written about later by their descendants than it was them because of their religious beliefs. During the Civil War, you have the Victorian era, Queen Victoria, Abraham Lincoln. They're having seances in their homes. Oh, my god! They're gosh. setting a precedent for what spiritualism is. Right. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. So were there just as well, were there just as many recordings from the Revolutionary War time where people recording as much probably not when it came against the civil war not civil wars not war. as much like if you they're not as literate then mm-hmm. um and the population isn't as big then uh yeah i've read through some of the journals from you know captain nathan hale and folks like that mm-hmm. and benedict arnold and some of their writings but they are more writing about here's our war movements here's where we are here's what we're doing or they might be saying my brother visited me today i missed him mm. it's very very present and in the moment, they don't seem as faded, maybe mm-hmm. because they're more in their religious beliefs versus in the Victorian era, there's more this sense of fate that's coming at them. Interesting. Okay. Courtney uh, McInvale, she does these tours. She's written so many books on the subject, Civil War Ghosts of Georgia, Volumes 1 and 2, and of course, uh, Civil War Ghosts of Connecticut, Revolutionary War Ghosts of Connecticut, and, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the people about because I think in that in that mindset you know the civil war comes up but we don't really ever talk about what the people were doing and thinking and and we tend to put a 2023 sort of landscape on that which is kind of ridiculous really so um to put our mindset on that yes so we'll be right back more with Courtney when we come back Can you believe after all the recent violent protests, looting, and destruction, some communities are considering either defunding or abolishing the police? If you agree that now is the time when police protection is needed most, then it's time we stand up and support your local police and the communities they serve. Call 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet. That's 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet today. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome 
Welcome back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, hitting 25 million on SoundCloud. I have you guys to thank for that. That means you're sharing the show. Really appreciate you guys. And uh, make sure you get over to balanceofnature.com. That supplement actually works. If you want to know if a supplement that works, because you're probably looking for one, given our food supply problems, um, you need nutrition. And um, that will help your immune system more than anything. And our immune systems are located inside our body, not outside. So, so we need to be taking some products. And so balanceofnature.com, code word is Kate, and you get 35% off and free shipping. This product actually works. My whole family takes it, and we absolutely love it. Um, okay, Courtney uh, McInville is with me, and your website is Courtney McInville, right? CourtneyMcInville.com. Okay. <laughs> you can go get her books, um, which delve into a lot of experiences we won't have time for today. But, you know, we were just talking on the break about the about finding their mindset and, and what they thought about and how they viewed the world. And because it's so different than how we do now, but we always like to shine the 2023 light on everything and, and act like we know what they're thinking. And we don't. And you were you were talking about the, the, the people in the Civil War and the, some of the reasons that they were fighting. The grandparents. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the folks that fought in the Civil War, especially the officers who are able to sort of uh, survive the war and articulate more in their memoirs than the, you know the ground soldiers, mm-hmm. is they document that their grandfathers fought in the Revolutionary War, or you know their great grandfathers, and they felt like they are protecting these homesteads and doing their ancestors justice. And this is documented on both Union and Confederate sides mm. that they felt that they were sort of perpetuating what they had fought for with the Declaration of Independence for the Patriots. So it's sort of really fascinating to see that these opposing sides are still fueled by a common ground. Oh, absolutely. And then they find that common ground. Talk about that on the battlefield in the Civil War. They do. So uh, a lot of the younger folks are really participating in this war, 18 to 21 year olds. And this is normal for the time. Uh, And this is their first time, a lot of them leaving home. They don't really actually know what they're fighting for because they don't have a lot of money. Right. So Mm -hmm. they are just told that they're fighting for home and they both go out and they do this. Well, in Gettysburg on the wheat field. There's mm-hmm. a story about a Confederate from Georgia and a Union man from, I believe he was in New York or Pennsylvania. And the Union man, after the terrible battle and encounter in the wheat field, he is he's dying. He's bleeding out. He's dehydrated. He's calling for help. His own side's afraid to come help him that they think the Confederates are going to shoot him. The Confederates are a little bit scared, but this 20-year-old Georgia boy sees him and he feels bad and he crawls over and he brings him some water. And then he says to the, you know, the Georgia boy, can you bring me back to your side? Just put me up against a tree, anything. And he says, your guys are going to shoot me if I do that. And (laughs) he says, please, please, you know, and all these dead bodies are all around. And he puts this man on his back, this other young boy on his back, crawls through the wheat. He doesn't get caught, props him up against a tree. Right. And he gives him some more water. And then when he leaves with the rest of the Georgia regiment, he sort of leaves him there to die and thinks, I, at least I put him under the shade of a tree because the battle's in July. Right. It's right. hot and sweltering. At least he's somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and that union man lives and he spends his entire life after that war looking for that Georgia boy, putting out ads in the paper, talking about he, how he's his hero. They eventually find each other and they correspond. And just before they die, when they're in their 70s, 50 
years later. They meet in Washington, D.C. at an event for veterans, and Theodore Roosevelt hands them an award for how they treated each other at the time. And I think it just speaks to the common humanity, even in a time of war, among those who are out there. Oh, I love that. I really do. It's a great story. And, you know, I I think, um, you know, did they did they write about um, what what it meant to them, what it meant to them to be a, 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 you know, to have this country or to be an American? Because this was very young in being an American age. So Revolutionary War and Civil War, we were a very new country. Right. Very new. country. Yes. Yes. And in a way, we still are. Yeah. And so they they knew that, you know, what they write about is, of course, doing what they believe is right, Mm -hmm. but mostly they write about their family. Uh, They write about their parents, their siblings, those that they love, who they miss, who they want to get home to, what they're Mm -hmm. doing this for. So this is really what's propelling these men. You can tell them it's about politics or so-and-so wants Mm -hmm. you to have this job or so-and-so wants you to have slaves. They know that's not their reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're farmers. They just want to be home with their family, and and that's what's propelling them is safety, Mm -hmm. a roof, and food on the table and for relationships their relationships kids wife yeah, spouse yeah. Just, um just like now. Love. yeah that's one thing that we yeah. always all do have in common doesn't matter what what war what battle what undeclared war we're in it's always it always yeah. comes down to that i love that we'll be right back more with uh, courtney mackinville she does very popular tours has written many books on the subject it's just awesome we'll be right back Hey America, how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, the New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com slash radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. Is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show at your service today on a Friday show and um, keeping it a little lighter today and something kind of intriguing. I've never talked about actually this this particular topic on the show. So I'm always up for something new and I'm always up for variety and just understanding those people that um, fought so hard and gave everything for us to be here is always intriguing to me. And Courtney McInville is with me. And if you go to CourtneyMackinville.com, you'll find her book. She does very popular tours and all through Mystic, Connecticut, all through um, Georgia, um, you name it, Revolutionary War, Civil War. There's just so much there. And we can learn from our history of the people that came before us. I mean, they fought long and hard. Lots of sacrifice went into this. And as you pour through journals, I'm always, it was interesting. I poured through a, a pioneer journal and the grandfather lived with this, this woman. 
when she was a child and he was in the Revolutionary War. And so they would talk about it all the time. And he was saying how he was a, a general in the in the army. And he was saying, oh, I just I don't I don't know if our country's going to last 20 years. I mean, there's no way we can keep this republic. Look how difficult this has been. And and she heard these stories growing up, but it gave her the courage to get through the pioneer times. Right. Which were a lot of sacrifice and and moving west. And that sacrifice fed off that sacrifice. And I just think that we need to look back and realize how much was sacrificed for us. And that when we look back with kind of a healthy attitude, we, we, can, we can learn a lot from our ancestors. What were some of those aha moments for you, Courtney, in these journals and, and in these stories? Yeah, I mean, on your point, too, they called it the Great American Experiment when they started off Mm -hmm. uh, during the American Revolutionary War. So they knew that this was like up to, you know, their descendants to really keep this going. And the Civil War was one of the biggest challenges that they had to that. What did they mean with America? And, you know, what were they standing up for? So, you know, it's always been debated and arguably Mm -hmm. we're still experimenting. But when you read sort of these these journal entries and these things that people are writing about in in sort of what propels them forward. A lot of the ones that really sort of stand out to me too and that are written Mm -hmm. about have to do with leaders Mm. um, and what makes them want to be a general or an Mm. officer or come to that position during the war. And, you know, one of the ones that I think we forget about is Robert E. Lee was a general Mm -hmm. in the Confederacy, right? He was pretty much the leader of Mm -hmm. the Confederate army for all things considered. And uh, he was asked first to lead the Union army. Yes. He was asked by the Secretary of War and he really, he felt so torn, you know, do I defend my country? I'm part of the military. We've been serving together with all of these men or do I defend my home, which was his state of Virginia. And he just ended up saying, I can't take up arms against my family. So a lot of these accounts, you know, always strike me. Mm -hmm. But when you're reading sort of the things that are written about by people Mm -hmm. who were not officers, what they're writing about is really just a hope for a better future for themselves, a hope for opportunity and a hope to do their ancestors proud. Mm -hmm. And they are willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's something that always sort of sits with me a Mm -hmm. lot of times. Yeah. Um, and how they sort of value each other in that way. Because right, we don't hear uh, that. We don't hear about that a lot. I mean, people aren't, you know, focused on I've got to make my ancestry proud. They're focused on what they're doing now, but not that. Right. Yeah. It's as much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they saw the big picture and we seem mm-hmm. almost unable to see it. Like we're very focused on the present. And and mm-hmm. I get it sort of, you know, as a society, we've become very self-focused, which in some ways mm-hmm. is, is great. It's a privilege. But then also we forget this interconnectedness and they have a heightened awareness of this connectedness mm-hmm. and how what they do uh, affects other people. So it's really sort of a fascinating thing to, mm-hmm. to read. One of the most fascinating sort of people to read about. And I, you know, I go both ways on how I feel about him to this day Mm -hmm. is uh, General James Longstreet. Mm -hmm. So he 
he was in the U.S. Army. He mm-hmm. fought in the Mexican-American War. And then when the Confederacy sort of takes place, he's debating whether he wants to be a part of that or not. But then he decides, well, that's his home. He doesn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. So he joins the Confederacy. And he and Stonewall Jackson are Robert E. Lee's sort of right hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both get shot in the same place. Jackson dies uh you know, Longstreet mm-hmm. gets shot there a year later. He survives until his 80s when he bleeds out from his war wound. It's weird. Right. That being said, Longstreet goes back and changes political sides at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. And reading his thought processes, reading what's going on in his life and how personal events and relationships with the people he fought with and his friendship with Ulysses S. Grant change everything he does is absolutely fascinating. But both he and Robert E. Lee said, we lost the war. We have to focus on coming together. If we don't focus on coming together, the country doesn't have hope. So they very much are documentarians on even saying, even if we lost, we have to come forward. Mm-hmm. Ulysses S. Grant, he's one of my favorites to read his memoirs which Mark Twain published um, they're beautifully written and he wrote them when he was dying of cancer but he writes about reconstruction and how he has to give the confederacy a soft loss how both sides have to become one how we have to listen to each other mm-hmm. and how that has to propel us forward and all of these men left these nuggets of wisdom about what inspired them and what should inspire us and mm-hmm. it's really fascinating it's reading. Um, Ulysses uh, Grant uh, wife the wife can yes. tell that story oh, real yes. quick? She's, she's fascinating. So Julia, Julia Dent, um, and, and this is, of course, much debate. Ulysses S. Grant, famous Union general. Mm-hmm. Julia's from the South, and, you know, they didn't really want her with him. You right. know, they had a really funny courtship. Um, and I love them. They're actually on the portrait uh, on my office wall behind me as I speak, the two of them. Um, <laughs> but Ulysses' wife, Julia, claimed to have a gift of prophecy. Because uh-huh. remember, a lot of these people believed in spiritualism and the afterlife and communing with the dead. And, you know, he usually trusted whether it was prophecy or intuition that mm-hmm. she would be correct. Okay. Uh, and sometimes she would travel to war with him as many wives would to add a sense of, you know, I've got to keep an eye on what my husband's doing and make sure he's safe. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the war, you know, Lincoln is having dreams that he's going to die, but he's only telling a couple people because uh, he doesn't know when, why, or how. He just mm-hmm. knows he's dreaming it. And uh, he doesn't tell Ulysses S. Grant, but Julia says to Ulysses, you're supposed to go to the theater with Lincoln, and, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. want you to go. I, I have a feeling you're going to get killed there. And he says, listen, I can't keep turning down the president because you don't like his wife. You know, the no, wives didn't right. like each they other. Like each like, other. <laughs> you know, because this time, remember, he's not president. He's just right. a general. He's right. like, I know you guys don't get along, but we got we got to go. Sure, and sure. she's like, no, no, tell him there's a family emergency. We've got to go back to Missouri. We can't, you know, mm-hmm. come up with something. Tell him no. And then a messenger arrives at the house inviting them to the theater. And she looks at him, you know, tell him no. So against his best wishes, he, ju- he trusts his wife judgment even though he's like the general that just won the civil war and he <laughs> says to the president no i can't go to the theater with you right and him and julia leave new york mm-hmm. and at that point of course it was for theater lincoln gets mm-hmm. shot and then it is revealed in the big you know the plans mm-hmm. for the assassination that grant was supposed to be shot as well but his wife's prophecy saved him oh my gosh how funny yeah yeah, yeah. 
I love I love those kinds of um, stories too. I do. I absolutely love them. We have about forty five seconds left before we go to the next break, and and we'll come back to 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 finalize the show. And I, you know, I wonder how many of the when, when you're doing the the ghost tours of the, the Revolutionary War, Civil War what those encounters are usually like. I mean, are you looking at people sort of bewildered? Are they, are they people bewildered by what happened or angry over what happened or lost? Yeah, so know. people's reactions on the tours, um, a lot of them know less history than right. you think. Right. Uh, so everything is new information to them, even though it's so, not new. So what but, about the ghosts? What about the ghosts? The, the, like the encounters that people have, are the, are the, the ghosts, are they mad, oh, angry, yeah. like upset, lost, sad? I mean, I, well, you can answer that when we come back. We're going to come right back. Sure, I will. Um, I will. And, uh, and a couple more things to say about the encounters, things that have happened. Be right back. Hey, Dally Show. A little fun on Friday with Courtney McInville. Be right back. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org and join us in restoring this great nation. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, fun Friday. And uh, interesting, intriguing Friday, I have to add. Um, Welcome back. And of course, uh, Courtney McInvale is with me. And please visit my uh, sponsors, my pillow, amazing sponsor. Um, activate FIQ. I take copper and magnesium because they started taking copper out of our food supply in the, in the 1930s and 40s. There was a reason for that. It's the master cleanser of the body. You should be taking it too. Um, take it with magnesium. And also um, Balance of Nature and then text Birch Gold 989898. Text them and get free information. Text my name. So if you have your phone available, text 989898. You're going to get some fantastic info on what's going on in the money world right now. And um, just text my name, Kate, and you'll get the free info. And then I would shore everything up. You have, um, out there IRAs and, and, um, all of the money that you kind of have hanging out there, I would secure it with gold and it doesn't cost you anything. So what are you waiting for? Uh, I would do it. Um, text 98, 98, 98 and text my name, Kate Courtney McInville is with me. And I was asking her about, um, and it's Courtney McInville.com and you can go get her books about the civil war. She's got two new volumes out. Um, and she does these tours and I wanted her on my show cause I, I felt like, man, that's intriguing to me. History and the people in our history are intriguing. So I was asking you about, so when people say they have these hauntings and these ghosts come to them, are they angry, mad, sad? Are they, are they, are they trying to figure out what's going on? Are they trying to re- keep reenacting the war? What, what are you finding? Yeah. I mean, I think we have this sort of notion of the paranormal that, mm-hmm. you know, 
an unfinished business is right, a really right. popular term. And, uh-huh. you know, if we deliver a message or we help them, you know, cross into the light, like, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> yeah. on Ghost Whisperer, well, you know, the world will be better place <laughs> right. or something. Right. Um, you know, that's not my encounter when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, out there. I have encountered energies and captured voices, but a lot of the messages, be it on the tours or when I'm researching, are a lot of remember what we did here, remember mm-hmm. who I am, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's much like how they lived. They're ensuring the perpetuity of their memory. So it's a lot of like, this is a story. This is a lesson. They have something to share that maybe we could benefit from. Mm -hmm. So their presence is is helpful. Um, There are also tragic ones, you know, some of the lives cut short who maybe don't realize they're dead. And time is different. Um, I often think, too, there are residual hauntings. You know, when I walk Mm -hmm. onto battlefields, Chickamauga, Antietam, Gettysburg, I can hear gunfire cannon. I can smell strange things. Does that mean that a spirit is causing that? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Or the energy of what happened has just imprinted into time. And it Mm -hmm. keeps replaying in sort of time to remind us of the gravity of of these things. Mm -hmm. So it's always something that we should be taking into consideration. There's a reason it's happening. It doesn't necessarily mean we have to go cross some ghost over, but pay attention and listen to what they're trying to say. Right. Because in the Revolutionary War, we were fighting the Brits, but we were in those genres. (laughs) We were that nationality until we became Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Civil War, you're fighting each other. And now you've you've come into this new country and now you're fighting your fellow American. And I think there's a lot of people right now that think uh, we might have a, a civil war again, that that might happen. And that's why we go back in time and we look at, we, we kind of dissect, you know, what happened and how they felt. And, and I, I can only imagine somebody, somebody wanting that. I was here. I sacrificed. I did this. Don't blow it. Don't ruin what I had to do, you know, <laughs> meet my demise over. Do you know what I mean? Right. They did it. Yeah. They did it to prevent it from happening again. Right. And it, you know, we always hear history is doomed to repeat itself. But mm-hmm. when you really get into history and you see all these links and, and things that are in common, you're like, oh my gosh, how are we here again? Yeah. You know, um, so how are we doing this? And, and for them, it was, oh my gosh, the Revolutionary War. Some people say that was a civil war too. They were all British, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and so they were all you know, you were either loyal to the king or you were mm-hmm. going to try this new freedom thing. Yes. It, it didn't mean either one of you was a bad person. It was like, what's my safety net here? Mm-hmm. You know, what's mm-hmm. going to happen to my land, depending on who wins, is really propelling yeah. people forward, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Same during the Civil War. What's going to happen to my jobs and my land? Like, what happens mm-hmm. to me? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. So then, then on top of that, you're adding on these two wars, something that's different from today, which Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to figure out how it would look today because then they are face to face in close combat with each other. You have to look the person you're killing in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's something that is unfathomable. So it's kind of funny. We expect to read a lot in journals of all this horrible thing happened to me today. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel, but they want to write about anything else, but that, right. They want to think of anything else but that they want to think of their wives their children stonewall jackson wrote more about gardening than he did about war you know yeah, so yeah. It, it, they, they are people at the end of the day just trying to get back to their lives that is so true when i was reading all the pioneer journals i was really going through a lot of them and it was a lot of weather <laughs> now weather is the last thing i would write about i write about how i feel about what's going on or i'd write about you know but and my relationships with my kids and my spouse but weather i mean it, it was a lot about weather it was kind of interesting it was like 
it's winter. I mean, I, I don't know how to expand on that, you know, uh, but, for, but for them, it was like, uh, you know, and the day was, you know, long and the sun was out and I, it was kind of a, it's kind of a funny thing, but you didn't have a whole lot going on. Life lived, life was a lot slower back then. And they're reliant on nature right. and what they grow. You know, mm-hmm. we're very privileged. We have, yeah. you know, yeah. heat or air conditioning all sure. year. We have a roof all year. We have a grocery store all year. Yep. They do not. Right. So right. the weather and that was what key. they grow yeah. plays a role. Right. Yeah. So key. And so you can tell so much. And that's, you know, and, and I'm trying to make a point too about that, about how much we've changed and how we can't take 2023, how we think about things and, inge- and inject that into the mid 1800s, because there's no way people would understand how those people felt about the war. They felt like they were fighting the last war. And of course, we kept getting handed wars. But um, any other story you want to end with with a couple minutes to go? Sure. So this one always sort of brings something to my heart is Uh that soldiers often felt that they had angels with them in the Mm. form of their loved ones or, you know, people that predeceased them. But one of my favorite angel stories is from an artillery regiment in Georgia. Um, And they when they were training a little dog with no tail, who they said was an ugly little dog, came up to their camp and they named him Charlie. And he joined them when they were in Virginia and they mustered out with him and he stayed with them for the duration of the war. He was the first to cross to the Battle of Antietam. He was in Gettysburg. He got chickens for them from local farms and brought them to the people that were starving. He wow. slept with them. He was their best friend, um, and he took care of every single person in that artillery. And that the Battle of the Siege of Petersburg, after the war has ended, he's resting beneath a tree, and a loose piece of shrapnel hits him, and he dies. Mm-hmm. And they give him full military honors. They bury him beneath this tree in Petersburg and they go on to write a three page obituary about this dog and everything he meant to this artillery. They were the lowest casualty count in all of Georgia and they chalked that up to that dog being their protector in many ways. And they said he came just when they needed him and he left just when the war was ending and they didn't need him anymore. And that to me just shows the interconnectedness and the spirituality and Mm -hmm. the humanity among centuries. Courtney McInville, it's been really fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Courtney McInville.com. You, you bet. Courtney McInville.com. Get her books on the Civil War, Volume 1 and 2. And uh, really appreciate you listening in today. Of course, be faithful, be fearless. As we always say at the end of the show, be faithful, be fearless out there. Have a great weekend. We'll be back to talk about border on Monday and give you some insights to some things I've been thinking about on the border um, in Texas. We'll see you guys. And, uh, Have a good one, katedallyradio.com.